You're listening to Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with Halloweenies and podcasting boys that like paninis. Crack open a cold one with Paul and Adrian, and let's get into it. Why, why, uh, why, why did you uh, mispronounce the name of our podcast? Did I? Yeah. You know that we're Big Spooks, More Bats. Big Spooks, More Bats? Big Spooks, Mo Bats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So y'all are listening to an episode of Big Facts, No Cap, where Paul and Adrian are live together. Paul and Adrian from Charlotte. And the other big unique thing about this episode, other than it being our Halloween episode, is that Paul got dumped today. Ooh, going straight into it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't, I, you didn't even tell me that it was a dumping. I guess he told me that you weren't going to do the breaking up with, but uh, damn. Yeah, I could sense that the relationship was kind of on its, like, final foot. Um, so. How are you feeling, R.E., bringing up your partners on podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Should we not do that? Is that not this type of pod we're not going to get into? I mean, I've had like seven girlfriends during the podcast, but I just don't say anything about it. <laughs> oh, I didn't know. <laughs> that way, it. that way, it just goes unmentioned whenever I get dumped. <laughs> Have you? You've been dumped by all seven? Uh, yeah, all of my evil exes. Have you really? Do you actually not tell me that much about your life? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, it's a one way street with us. I tell you everything. <laughs> yeah. So, what was I going to say about the breakup? Um, I'm very depressed. Not in a great mood. Yeah. But we're still going to have a good time. It's going to have a good time. It's it's a spooky season, baby. It's spooky season. Great time to be single. Great time to be single. Yeah, dude, Paula with his Velma costume next weekend is going to slay. Well, that was a group costume. I can't even do that anymore. I can't go with a single Velma. We were going to go with four Velmas. <laughs> well, I guess that's kind of the beauty of an ironic group costume like that, <laughs> is that you can still just go as Velma. <laughs> and I can still go as your scrappy dude. <laughs> wearing nothing but a blue collar. <laughs> You are you are kind of the same brown as Scooby. You could go nude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I am roughly the same size as a Great Dane. Mm. No, but really, I'm 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 a down spirits aging help. <laughs> hey, talking about spirits. Oh man, y'all, this is what being friends with Adrian's like. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to open up to. <laughs> okay, okay, spirits, ghosts, ghouls, goblins. Yeah, Creat- critters and creatures. In every nook and cranny. They are all around. You know what I just realized? Should we have, like, at least given, like, a, a quick glance at our last Halloween episode to remember what we talked about? <laughs> or are we doomed to just rehash everything we talked about during the first Halloween episode? To be fair, I don't think the people remember. I don't think so either. I think we mostly talked about horror movies and stuff. So, yeah, maybe if we stick to, like, real-life experiences. Um, Also, maybe we should... T- okay, I want to hear about your experiences with the supernatural, but also... Maybe we should look to the greats as far as somatic Halloween episodes go and think about how Treehouse of Horror does it, which is they always seem it around already existing horror properties that they kind of spoof. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we should do Big Facts No Cap does The Shining today and I slowly go insane and murder you. Okay, I'm into that. Uh, yeah, there's that great one where Ned Flanders is like a Dexter type character who kills the people who are unholy in the town. Mm. Um, one of my favorite Treehouses of Horrors. Uh, there's of course the really early one. I think we have like the first three seasons of The Simpsons on DVD at my house, so definitely had the one where it's the killer Krusty doll, 
And the way that the handyman figures out how to fix it is like, here's your problem. Somebody set this doll to evil and he just flips it to good. <laughs> I remember that episode. <laughs> I don't know why it's such an earworm. That, like, that phrase is like stuck in my head for so long. Yeah, there's also the one where, what is it? It's, yeah, Bart has a evil double, but then it turns out he was the evil twin or something. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. A lot of good Treehouse of Horror. I mean, The Simpsons, it's not like a super canonical show either way, but I do like how uncanonical that is. Like, yeah. it's just like none of that counts. Whereas other episodes, you know, when when Homer's remembering his teenage life, that's yeah. never changed. Like the principal and the popper, they definitely didn't just uh, ignore that episode for the rest <laughs> of the series. Well, no, they, I mean, they kind of tied it up in the end in a way that, like, he is now, you know, Principal Skinner, and it will never be mentioned again that he's really a different person. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to Simpson Cast. Welcome to Simpson Cast. Welcome to Heartbreak Simpson Cast. Yeah, so any real life uh, experiences with the supernatural? With the supernat? You know, I'm a kind of a cynical person, you know? I even took a whole class on psychology of the paranormal, sociology of the paranormal. Um,. I did a ghost tour in Charleston once as a kid. It was pretty cool. Uh, I, I think our, our mutual friend, uh, Sean, uh, during a story that they were telling about a ghost dog that uh, lived at a certain residence, he made sure to, from behind me, kind of like pat my leg with his foot to make it seem like something was running by me. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, a good uh, bit. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> ghost dog. <laughs> um, yeah. What about you, Paul? Yeah, no, no uh, experiences with the supernatural. You never had like a scary movie to Kesha type thing where you had sex with a ghost? No. I ain't never been with a ghost before. <laughs> hey, Adrian, can I ask you a question? Yeah. You remember the cold open to the last episode where Nicole said... Yeah. <laughs> where Nicole said, you, you don't have your life completely falling apart. You have a girlfriend. You haven't fucked that up yet. Yep, yep, yep. I'm, I'm gonna cut that in right here so the people know. <laughs> Uh, man, it's at the time, it seemed like a really fun cold open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. I just wanted to make sure I didn't imagine that. Nope. Yep. That was, uh, that was a little Adrian editing and being like, oh, Paul, it hasn't fucked up his life. He's got everything going for him. Um, so this isn't, uh, our spookiest episode. It's our saddest one. Is it our saddest one? I don't even think it's Yeah, I, I guess people don't really care about me as much as I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess I know they don't care about me as much as I imagine they <laughs> Uh, man, ghosts of relationship pasts. Is that something that we, uh... Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, supernatural things. Um, did you ever watch the show Supernatural? There, I do have that thing where... No, I haven't. But I do have that thing where sometimes it does absolutely sound like somebody's on the floor above me in an empty house, or I'll, like, I'll swear, like, I hear it, you know, somebody, like open a door, close it, and say, hey, Paul, and then I'll go downstairs and check. And it'll, Ooh, Yeah. That's a demon luring you down there. What are you doing? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe not as specifically as the words, hey, Paul, but it might have been, like, somebody outside just saying something. Like, you know how you're, like, conditioned to kind of hear your name in any sound? Sure. Um, that similar vowels. So there's been a, yeah. I'm, if Every I'm in, I if I'm in an empty house, I do generally game. feel like I hear somebody else in the house. Mm. Which I guess that could be a ghost. More than likely, it's sounds of people outside or next door that I just, like, misinterpret their location. Probably, yeah. Or it could be a spooky ghost. Could be a spooky ghost. If so, they're not really doing much. They're just, like, walking around. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I, I believe in housing justice. I don't want these ghosts out on the street if they need to be in the house. <laughs> That's true. If they need to finish whatever uh, unfinished business they have. 
It's probably not with me. So yeah. I just moved into this place. I don't know those people. <laughs> me and the ghost start a friendship. There has to be a comedy like that, right? Where like, where the ghost turns out to be cool. Oh, almost certainly. That's probably like an indie British film. <laughs> um, yeah. That being said, so we've established that we're both not believers, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't believe in ghosts. But would you like spend the night alone in like an abandoned insane asylum in Louisiana? Of course not. Of course not. Like People are always like, well, if you don't believe in ghosts, why wouldn't you do that? And I'm like, that sounds unpleasant. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun. If you don't believe in ghosts, Adrian, will you eat this raw steak? <laughs> if you don't believe in ghosts, Adrian, will you let me spank you with this wooden spoon? <laughs> Why aren't you going to eat this whole ghost pepper in one bite, Adrian? You don't believe in ghosts. Adrian, if you don't believe in ghosts, why won't you get nude and let us shoot you with a BB gun? (laughs) I don't get it. Explain yourself. Uh, That being said, I actually probably would do that. Maybe with a friend. If I was able to do it with one other person. I mean, I get scared. I'm not, by the fact that I don't believe in ghosts does not mean I don't get scared of, like, dark places alone. Yeah, yeah, dark, creepy places. I think I learned a tactic from Reddit as a child that sounds a little bit sociopathic. But you know that feeling when you're like walking, um, when you're walking home in the dark, like from your car to your doorstep or something, and you like start feeling scared that like something's well, you usually gonna just sprint to your door, right? Yeah. So I learned that it is like a type of thing where it is a fight or flight thing. So if you don't want to sprint or like feel scared, just like decide that if you feel any. Like, you just decide in your mind that, like, if anything comes to attack you, you're going to scrap. Like, you're you're down to fight. <laughs> Jesus. And it really, it makes you less scared, I swear to God. Like, every time I feel like, oh, something might be following me, I'm like, oh, if something, like, grabs me by the shoulder and starts to try then to steal my down. soul. Yeah. I'm, I'm turning around, I'm punching. Damn. And it's like, you feel less scared immediately. That's cool. It really works. You just have to put yourself in the mindset of, if anything attacks, I'm ready to fight. That's what I do, is I just, whenever I am afraid, like, going back to my house at night, I just assume everything out there that's dangerous is probably a snake and it's way more afraid of me than i am of it because mm-hmm. look at me you look like a bigger tougher snake yeah <laughs> i don't think we did this last time uh did we do a costume roundup because I, I have a costume advice column that i'm bringing in so Ooh, okay okay i haven't done i don't do a costume every year i do a costume when the uh, opportunity arises like itself. a cicada <laughs> yeah. just every 17 years <laughs> Or different prime numbers, like 11. Or 13. Or 13. Yeah, I don't do a costume every year. What have I done in the past? I've done, like, Zookeeper, um, just because my friend was going as a panda. Oh, I like that. Um, I've done... What else have I done? Done White Guy, just so I can make White Guy jokes. Nice. Um, I once went uh, as a last-minute Halloween thing, where, like, I went to Walmart after work and then went to a party uh, later... I bought a, a, I already had a pretty oversized flannel, so I bought really short shorts and uh, some Ugg boots. And I went as a basic white girl. And one of my friend's wives really took umbrage with the fact that I dressed as that. Really? Her argument, which I don't think makes any sense, is that there's no equivalent for a guy. And so it's sexist. Of course there's an equivalent for a guy. Round Average of, Joe? Yeah. Well, wrap around sunglasses. Frat bro? Yeah. Wrap around sunglasses, pop collar, uh, salmon shorts, and mm-hmm. boat shoes. That, that, I, mean, that I didn't would really be, care to argue with her about it. But yeah. That would be exactly the equivalent of what you wore. But she should have done that. Oh, this is going to be, I guess, I don't know if this counts as a media roundup, but it is something I saw from the past week oh, that yeah, I want to talk about. Um, I saw the movie. I saw Dune. It was good. Um, I also saw The Last Duel, which was really, really good. Ooh. Get on that, y'all. Okay. It's, uh, it's worth a watch. 
I'll leave it to you, Adrian. Only thing I want to say is I went to South Carolina Pride, famously hot. Um, it was great. It was really fun. Uh, watched a parade. Uh, watched a really fun drag show with some people from uh, RuPaul's, as well as some local uh, drag queens that I've actually been on shows with before. So it was cool to see them perform on the big stage. Uh, one of them's really good. One of them is not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, um, Adrian, you should be on RuPaul's as a judge. Tell you what. I've never watched that show. Do they have judges? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not all self-assigned or self, uh, self-assessed. self I don't know how, I don't, <laughs> they, they do that thing where the teacher goes, everybody grade each other. <laughs> everybody grade your Famously partner. Famously drag queens super nice to each other <laughs> during a competition. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, so I got to meet my friend's uh, lab mates and stuff, and they were cool. And we really bonded over the fact that we were there with my friend Justin, who is just the most obscenely straight person in the world. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good time. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, I always want to be a pride. Well, I'm glad your week is going well. <laughs> cool. And this is my media roundup, uh, Lonely by Akon. I really <laughs> listen to that song a lot. <laughs> I feel like you, you gotta think of more. Rule of three, Adrian. <laughs> uh, we're Breaking Up by uh, Taylor Swift. Okay. We're Never Getting Back Together by Taylor Swift. And, uh, of course, uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Ooh, I like that one. That one's like the bright, that's like the, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, yeah, and you're I'm the gonna, Jason Siegel in the story, I'm bro. gonna find a Mila Kunis. Yeah, you're gonna find a Mila Kunis. Earlier in the story, we're gonna see your penis, and you're gonna go to Hawaii. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm excited. There you go. <laughs> Wait, Adrian, is this when you bring up that you've brought me a ticket for Hawaii? Ooh, Hawaii. Hawaii. <laughs> for Honolulu. <laughs> <laughs> um... I did not. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Problematic. Shouldn't have brought that up as if I was going to. Very manipulative. Yeah, we really got off theme very quickly. Halloween. Yeah, we did. Did we finish costume roundup? Did I give it? I, I gave my one costume that I talked about. Other costumes, I have this really cute picture of me dressed as a dinosaur as a kid. And I think one of me as, as a pumpkin as a little kid. Like, God damn, I was an adorable little baby, dude. Halloween was... Halloween, like, I like adult Halloween, but, like, I don't know. Like, there's a ton of opportunities as an adult to go drunk and get drunk and party. As a kid, kid, Halloween was more special, in my opinion. You told the story last time, right, about how you once went to, like, a, a, not a church thing, but you went to, like, a kid thing dressed way too scarily. Because you had, like, a thing that actually pumped blood or something uh, as part of your costume. I did have that costume, but I don't remember it when it was too scary. Oh, interesting. Because we had the thing where, uh, because our church is super conservative or whatever that I went to as a kid, we weren't allowed to have a Halloween festival. We had, like, a harvest festival. Mm. And there were a lot of rules around, like, the costumes you were allowed to wear. It was, like, nothing too scary, nothing devil-related at all, Mm. um, nothing from Harry Potter, uh, nothing... um, What if you were going as one of the sports teams whose mascot was a devil, a fan of that team? Not allowed. Okay, but you you can go as the Hurricanes, and that's okay? And they destroy Hurricanes how many lives a year. way more people than the yeah. devil, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Also, I don't know if this is a big thing for... Yeah, it probably is, right, in other parts of the country, but um, certainly since I've been in Davis, I have not done a lot of hay rides that I usually do when I'm mm. back here, which is... There's some good-ass hay rides around here. You want to come back? I, I had a... I've booked a hay ride for two uh, on the 30th, which hey. I think the other person <laughs> might not be able to come. <laughs> <laughs> There's been some uh, s- some changed circumstances. <laughs> I think the other person might not be coming. Um, <laughs> if you want to come back on the thirtieth for a I hay mean, ride, I absolutely would. I'm assuming it's is it not a romantic one or is it? It was like 
This is not like us splitting a couple's massage. <laughs> no, it wasn't explicitly pitched as romantic. Okay. Um, yeah, and I don't know what I'm planning to dress up as this year, but Paul's going to be Velma, which is good. It's a real sexy costume. Dude, I really don't think I'm going as Velma now that I've broken up with the person who I was doing a group costume with. Well, who came with? up with the idea? My roommate. Uh, is he going to still do Halloween with that? Well, I think it's going to be at our mutual friend's place, which I guess if he's going there, then I will too, and... I don't know if the ex will be there, dude. Man, this sucks. Free me, Adrian, from this pain. <laughs> Wake me up inside. From this spooky pain. Save me. Boo. Is that just you booing your life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, the scariest thing of all is loneliness. Anything else you want to talk about Halloween related? Um, no, no. Well, I guess I'm back here where things are a little bit different, but I think the big stuff is still canceled for this year. It's probably yeah. going to be another year before things like are actually full and back, back in full swing. So, and then I also kind of came here without any plans for Halloween, but I'm feeling a little underwhelmed by Halloween this year. Same. I don't know how I'm going to do Halloween without my Halloween. <laughs> without your hallowed queen. <laughs> At what point in this episode are you going to start begging on Mike? <laughs> Just like, Becca, did you listen? <laughs> Becca, are you listening to me, back? I love you. I can change. I can change. Yeah, pretty soon, probably. I don't know. That makes sense. Well, before that, do you want to get into an article? Let's get into an article, my friend. All right. You want to go first or second? I kind of like your article more this week, I think. Okay. This is, here's the thing, which you might remember from our world-famous classism episode. And we're bringing her in again, Sophia Benoit. Here's the thing, boyfriend hates my slutty Halloween costume. Siren emoji, emergency Halloween edition. Siren emoji. I had an entirely different post written for tomorrow. Okay, it was half written. Give me a break. But this is an emergency where I get to yell at a dipshit guy. So here we fucking go, babies. Our sweet angel whom we adore. I'm a 20-year-old girl in my second year of uni. My boyfriend is the same age as me. We met during our first year and he's coincidentally been my first in everything. My first boyfriend, my first time, my first kiss with a guy. All that scary fucking stuff. Except it wasn't so scary because it was with him. I really do love him. Paul, do you want us to do a different article, or is this triggering you at all? Or... <laughs> yeah, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure it doesn't end with, uh, everything's chill and we're doing good, so <laughs> thanks for the advice. <laughs> we share a lot of opinions on things that matter to me. LGBTQ plus rights, politics, hobbies, future plans. I'm a big feminist, so it meant a lot that we stood on the same page with these things. He also deals with a lot of my BS, because I'm way more emotional than other people. L-O-L. However, I recently bought a Halloween costume, which is definitely more on the revealing side, and he got really angry. He expressed his opinion that he didn't like it, to which I responded that I was going to take that into consideration, but I still want to wear it. I'd be with him and his mates the whole time anyway, so I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. He didn't like that. The argument spiraled and he said some really hurtful things, like how he'd be ashamed to be seen out with me, and couldn't possibly take me home again to his family if they saw pictures of me on social media looking like a slag. He also made it out to seem like I was looking for attention from other guys, which I know is at least partly due to his insecurity, but it's still very hurtful to hear. I don't often feel very confident with how I look, 
I was chubby growing up, and my family always used to make fun of me for it, so it's been hard to build myself up to, to the stage where I feel good enough to wear short dresses and stuff like that. A few days after our initial argument, I told him how I felt, and he responded that he still thinks that I looked like a slag and he wasn't going to change his mind about it. I called him out for it. He knows that I'm not a slag, not that there's anything wrong with that. She's doing Seinfeld jokes. <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. But he said that he just cares a lot about what other people think of him, so I should just compromise. I told him I wish that someone taught him at a young age how to respect women and their choices. Laughing face emoji. Being a slag isn't necessarily part of my personality, but dressing how I like and feeling confident and empowered no matter how I dress is important to me. And he made me feel so fucking rubbish and insecure over it. I okay, just realized how British, person, yeah. I just realized how British this person was. writing a British character. <laughs> Bloody hell, mate. I said, I said, don't treat me rubbish, you scoundrel. I don't know if this is something that I want to keep arguing about for the rest of my life. We've argued about it before, too. I wish he would just be happy and proud to be stood next to me and uplift me when I was looking and feeling more confident, not ashamed to be associated with me. Do I throw away a relationship that otherwise makes me feel so loved and so uplifted and so happy over something as stupid as this? Am I really being stubborn and inconsiderate by heading out with my friends and enjoying my favorite holiday of the year after he told me that he doesn't like it? We're not talking right now, and I'm just crying about it a lot, lol. How do I stop doing that? X. Yeah, this guy sucks. (laughs) That guy sucks. This guy sucks. That guy sucks. This guy sucks. Dump him, honey. <laughs> Dump him. Dump his ass. Okay, this guy obviously sucks, but how how revealing would it have to be to like for you to see his point of view? Like if she if she was like wearing a big magnifying glass in front of her bare pussy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that costume would be? <laughs> a Sherlock Holmes. Little kitty in the big city. <laughs> Uh, I see what you're saying. So where's your limit, Paul? Is that it? Yeah, I think literally that. Like, literally, like, showing the bare vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's about where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Any redeeming points from the boyfriend, do you think, in the argument? No, I mean, this is one of those tough situations where it's like... It doesn't it's it's like bad enough that you probably should it seems like a relationship ending scene but like so that, everything descri- kind of does from the advice column though yeah but, but like you have described him as so perfect in every other realm like i guess at the end of the day do it because it feels like something you should definitely do i guess that's true i guess and that's really how the, that's the real out. advice is just do it and see how badly he reacts see how his mates and his lads <laughs> react on your on your stag night out was the stags with the slags with with you as a slag. Oh my god, fucking ridiculous! Has this ever happened to you, Paul? No, I've never dated anyone British. That makes sense. I know that that's a hard limit for you. That was like <laughs> I don't care about the pussy popping on the dance floor, but honestly, in a really weird way, my ex seemed like she wanted me to be more judgmental about her or take issue with things. I was definitely, like, very willy-nilly, like, oh, yeah, do whatever you want. And she was like, I would never act that way in front of other people. I'd be like, you could if you wanted. I don't really care if you want to dress, <laughs> however. Oh, it was specifically about, like, dressing as her yeah. doing? Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about, like, using, like, a, a salad fork for a, for a steak or something like that. Or <laughs> I don't know. She made some sort of point once about how she would never, like, put up a slutty photo on, like, Instagram or on... She wouldn't do a thirst trap? Yeah, she wouldn't do a thirst trap. And I was like, you know, you honestly could if you wanted. She was like, I would never look at other men on social media. I was like, honestly, if you want it, you could. There's a lot of them. It's very easy to search for them. <laughs> yeah. So the, our our issue was the opposite. She was always like showing me that. I think because she didn't want me to like look at girls on social media, that made her insecure. Mm. So she was always like 
exemplifying how she would never look at another man or how she would never post anything scandalous on social media. I was like, not a not a problem for me. You can if you want. I do like that idea that what's keeping you together is the lack of knowledge that there are other hot women out there. <laughs> <laughs> I am like a dog. If I see a hot woman, I'm just like... That's tight. I've had this happen to me once. Although, well, I guess like it, it didn't really happen to me because there wasn't really a discussion. It was um, I went to Halloween with a friend of mine, and uh, she basically wore like lingerie with like uh, wings as her costume, selling it as like an angel or something. Yeah. Um, but and people that I met up with that night commented on, it, and I was like, I don't know, she wear she can wear whatever she wants. Yeah, it is weird, right? I, it doesn't it doesn't affect me, but I guess for some people, it's like a. But let me let me ask you this though. Let me ask you this. So I don't know how savvy your parents are with the Facebook and stuff or the Twitters, but um, would your parents care if they saw your current partner like uh, dressed in a real uh, in a real provocative way? Maybe, but yeah. But I, first I can't off, see my parents caring at all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that they would ever follow a partner of mine unless like I think the follow is for one where like very very serious. And by then, she's dressing as a nun every Halloween, because that's all you. That's everything underneath there is for Paul only. <laughs> for Paul's eyes only. FPI. Yeah, FPI. <laughs> it's like FPO. a J. Cole album. <laughs> FPO, for Paul's eyes only. Um, I think, yeah, first off, I don't think they'd be following her. Second off, I think they would keep it to themselves. There's no way it would, like, become an issue. Yeah. I guess it depends on what her social media, uh, what her social media, like, stream looks like currently, because if it is, like... She's followed by, like, her boss at work and his parents and her parents. I could see, like, oh, don't post that photo. It kind of is, like, a little uncomfortable or something. Like, I don't – or I don't know. Maybe, like, unfollow my parents or, like, mute them or hide them, whatever options are available if you do. Like, just because it would make me uncomfortable for them to see that. Maybe that's, like, a more acceptable way to handle it. But that still seems, like, so unnecessary. Like, if they're really conservative and it would cause some sort of, like, long-form issue with your parents, maybe tell her, hey, if you want to do this, it would probably make, like, Christmases easier and, like, help out not making a, like, you know, not making their image of you bad. But even that feels, I don't know. Even that's, like, if she was like, no, I'm uncomfortable or feel control doing that, I'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Mm. <laughs> like, it's, it's worth noting, but it still feels controlling. Um, but... Yeah, no, this guy needs to get over it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm not a not a fan of uh, the way he thinks about these things. It's uh, can we come up with a happy compromise for them? Because it seems like she does really like this guy, and if this is a, are you saying that we should she should do a she should do a mullet costume? Look, if this is just an ultimatum for him, and it's something she's willing to flex on, how can we create a compromise for this couple? Mm, so here's what she should do. Have you ever looked at one of those pictures that it's like? I think they're usually called, like, holographic. If you look at it from the left, it looks like one thing, and from the right, another. Okay. She should make a dress out of that and make her boyfriend always stand to her left the whole night. Ooh, okay. Okay, I like that. And he just thinks she's going as, like you said, a nun. Everybody else sees the little slutty devil. Ooh, okay. That's also just a cool idea. I like that. (laughs) Well, uh, can she do the mullet of costumes? He stands in front of her the whole night, and it's business from the front, party from the the back. Party in the back, yeah. Yeah. Got her assless chaps on or whatever. <laughs> Other ideas? Should she do a costume that something like the breakaway pants that basketball players wear, where you can just like really transform it into a slutty costume as soon as you want to? Oh, uh, okay, okay. So it's like a two date situation where when he's looking, mm-hmm. it's wholesome. When he's not looking, it's slutty. Okay, okay. Now this is what I like in relationships: deceit, deception, <laughs> deception.
Should the boyfriend not just go as a sluttier costume? In solidarity? <laughs> yeah, should she tell her boyfriend that he's not allowed to dress... Uh, what, what is he going as? You know what? He's probably going to put, like, fake muscles in his costume or whatever. Like, being Captain America. And she's going to be like, no, no, no. No, no, no. Girls are going to see that and be like, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> uh, okay, are you ready to hear the answer? I am. I am. So we're both definitely on, on board with uh, Break Up With This Guy, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean... I mean, Sophia kind of gave the game away from her introduction, but I think she's also about to berate this dude. Yeah, no, he sucks. Fuck him. All right. Sophia. Uh, she did that thing where it made it look like she was slamming on her keyboard. I am going to lose my mind at your boyfriend. I'm going to come to the UK or wherever else they use the word slag and shout at him. She also picked up that he was, uh, he <laughs> she really did put so many of those like British slang words in there. That was too much. <laughs> okay, here's the thing your boyfriend is, as you well know, being a massive fucking tool. I would feel so utterly betrayed by a person who insists they love me treating me this way. I am so sorry that he's doing it around a big fun event which you love that is an extra dollop of bullshit, in my opinion. Be an ass on a fucking bank holiday, not Halloween, you little shit. We've established that he's being unfair and mean. Now let's dive into why I precisely think that he's being so, half intentionally, half unintentionally cruel. Why? Not to publicly berate him, which he also deserves, but to show you just how reasonable you're being. You are not in any way, shape, or form overreacting to this. You are in the right 100%, and regardless of how you move forward, you should act as such. Here is what he is worried about. Other people seeing your body. That's it. Them seeing it. Seeing that you have a body. Guess what, pal? She's had titties this whole fucking time and other guys knew about it. If he's worried that other people might want to fuck you, uh, they already do, and who cares? That is frankly none of his goddamn business. Nothing to do with your body is actually his business other than health stuff that you could pass to him. Nothing to do with your body is his business any more than his boss's body is his business. Dating you did not buy him the right to control you and your body at all. Zero votes, none. He's worried you dress like a slag. Note, this letter is the first time I've ever typed this word and I'm having a thrilling day. Fucking good. Great. That doesn't even mean anything. You somehow dress like you have had sex one time with a lot of guys instead of lots of sex with one guy. That is a fucking bizarre way of thinking and honestly perhaps worth interrogating because apparently he thinks some or all of the things below. 1. There is such a thing as a slut slash slag. This isn't true. 2. If someone dresses a certain way, they are encouraging sexual advances. Yikes for him. 3. If such a thing as a slut slash slag does exist, it doesn't, that person is lesser and ought to be treated as such. 4. That you, when approached with male attention, might act on it, concerning if he thinks that's true. 5. You being attractive will take away from him and his control slash ownership of you. 6. That you getting attention from other people is bad. Another yikes. 7. That you wanting attention from other people is bad. I'll explain why this is so bad below. 8. Women exist solely for and in conversation with male consumption. We all agree that those are totally banana pancakes things to think in 2019, or really ever. It might be worth untangling which of the above he believes is true if you plan on staying with him and helping him grow beyond his sexism 101 issues. Then again, it might not be. Use your energy how you want. Think of all the fun you could have not teaching a man that women aren't solely for his consumption. Here is the point in our programming where we get a little bit fair to your boyfriend. Yes, I think he is doing this out of insecurity. Insecurity that you have other options. Unfortunately for him, 
he is in fact driving you towards no longer sleeping with him with his behavior. Poor, cruel dingus. I get insecurity. I get it. I get it. You get it too. I'm sure. Insecurity does not give you the right to control your partner. Feeling anxious that your partner has other options does not purchase you the right to dictate their life. This is ultimately entirely about him. It's his insecurity that he's projecting on you. He would have it with any girlfriend of his because it's not about the individual, it's about the role you're playing in his life. He has reduced you to his girlfriend rather than you and created a narrative around that. So should you break up with him? There's the rub. I can't answer this for you. I think, personally, it would be very difficult not to see this side of him all the time, not to seek evidence that he really is a sexist piece of shit. It would be very, very difficult for me to let go of this because he didn't just tell you what to wear, he continued to be rude about it and dismissed how it made you feel. That said, I think it's incredibly easy for me to tell you, yeah, totally break up with this person you love because, well, I'm not in love with him. So I also get it if you don't. It doesn't make you a bad feminist to not break up with him after one strike. Now, I will say that I don't think most people have only one moment of being sexist and controlling, totally isolated from every other thought they've ever had. It's pretty rare. So I suspect, although obviously cannot prove, that there is more there, and it will likely bubble up again. Maybe you decide to come to him and say, this is your shit, and your insecurity, and I'm not dealing with it. I'm going out for Halloween like this. I'll wear this every day of the fucking year if I want. If you want to stay together, I don't want you ever dumping your insecurity on me again. You can talk to me about how you feel insecure without making it about my actions. If you can't do that, we're done. Or something like that. Or maybe you're out. No matter what, you'll know that this is too big for you to get over and move past with him. We may not know today. That's okay. You will know eventually. Great answer. Pretty good. That dude is a little shit. Yeah, no. She hit it on the head. Um, She's a great follow on Twitter, Sophia Benoit. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that one. So my article is from PCGamer.com. It does not have a name. It does not seem to be like an article with like a dear blank sort of name, but they did accept this question from this user. And one of their writers, Tyler Wilde, answered it in 2014. Tyler Wilde. Tyler Wilde for this one. Okay. Hi, PC Gamer. It's October, so I was thinking I should get into the Halloween mood with some scary games. But I don't just want any scary game. I want the scariest. Not just jump scares and all that, but like really creepy. I would love to hear your suggestions. Aaliyah K. All right. Oh, so this is a female gamer. Mm-hmm. What's her number? Famously known as Girl Gamer, but that, that's if you're in the biz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't actually know this. All I want to know is, where is her bathwater available? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Are you going to drink her bathwater? No, that's what uh, the, the Belle Delphine does or whatever. She sells her gamer girl bathwater. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. This world's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think as a joke, Internet Shaquille, who I follow on Patreon, sells his bathwater. <laughs> All right, Adrian, you know any scary games? Who Monopoly? <laughs> a little scary game about a thing called capitalism. Woo! Yeah. Ever heard of it? No. Monopoly or capitalism? Both. <laughs> I'm very stupid. <laughs> um, I think the scariest game I've seen recently, have you heard of a little thing called the uh, Squid Games? Okay. Ooh, another one about capitalism. <laughs> Although really cool people write articles about how it's actually about communism, even though that dumb Korean director thought it was about capitalism. Um, wait, was capitalism? I was, I was talking about when squids play with each other. <laughs> when, well, how is that scary? Because they have so many little tentacles coming around yeah. and then they get tangled up and stuff? Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. They're really smart. I don't think they should be fighting. It really shows the worst of what They should just talk it out. Yeah. 
Should do a little squid talk. Is it octopuses or squids that are really smart? Octopodes. Octopodes. Or octopuses. People will argue about it. I was going to say, isn't it one of those words where both are technically correct but enough people use them? I mean, technically none of them are correct. I mean, who cares? Fair enough. Yeah. Much to learn as nerds. Um, some scary games. Ooh, uh, the song Holy Water by The Game. That's a scary beat. That's a scary beat, right? That's a scary beat! <laughs> Did you listen to it? Has this person ever played Manhunt in the Woods as Ooh, a child? Ooh, that's a scary game. That's a scary game right there. That's a real boomer answer. I like that. <laughs> PC Gamer asks, what, what games are the scariest? And Paul's like, well, have you ever played Stick in the Mud? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a girl play games with your heart? Ooh, oh, no, 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 no funk with my heart. What uh, a scary game right there. Stop playing, quit playing games with my heart. With my heart. Um, no. No. Yeah. Me neither. Girls with me are always on the sideline because they, they don't play no games. Mm-hmm. And they know I'm the same way. Russian roulette? That's a scary game. That is a scary game because I don't understand probability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have a well it depends with how many people you're playing but anywhere from a half to i guess like a sixth chance of dying yeah 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 mm. well there are... if you played with seven people i would definitely take the seven <laughs> yeah spot. i would definitely pick the seven spot <laughs> there there are more fun ways of doing that one you know where you do the thing where it's like six peppers and only one of them's hot or someone you know you do shit like that to make it like that's still scary i don't want to have a hot pepper. that's true what if i gotta go poopy later that's going to be a spicy poop. The scariest game of all, Hot Ones with Sean Evans. Hot Ones with Sean Evans because he knows everything about you. <laughs> he looks up everything about your life. It's going to be like, Adrian, what about that time in eighth grade where you pooped your pants? Oh. Jubilees. Those are some scary games because of what they tell us about humanity. That's what. Can you tell a cop from six criminals? That's the thing, bro. Scariest thing of all is what's going on in this little brain right here. This little <laughs> brain aruna. <laughs> That's what I'm really scared of. How do you feel about the idea that, uh, you know, the only thing to fear is fear itself? Hmm. So you're saying this person shouldn't be asking for scary game suggestions because there's no such thing. Yeah. That being said, Super Monkey Ball 2. <laughs> Real scary game when you get to the later stages. I'm afraid of heights. I don't like that at all. Yeah, dude, you're teetering on the edge. It's not fun. Anything else? Are you afraid of risk? Yeah, I've taken risks. Oof. With my heart. <laughs> you know what's really the scariest game? The newlywed game. <laughs> Imagine on national television, the entire world finding out that you don't know your spouse at all. Mm. Or even more or scary you... for somebody like us, Jeopardy, everybody finding out we're stupid. Oof, that's true. Or on the newlywed game, people finding out that you don't know what a crustacean is. <laughs> I guess football is kind of scary. CTE doesn't seem fun. It doesn't seem fun, but I feel like the perpetual hell that you have to live in. Money seems worth it. Really? Yeah, because not everybody gets it, right? It's like a Russian roulette. It's, it it seems like the more and more we know about it, yeah, most people who play football like at you're a telling me the college. kicker gets it. Okay, okay, you're right. You're you right. know what I would play if I was going to be in football? Besides the cheerleader. <laughs> well, you are bodacious. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is a totally true story. I, one time, there's a kid who I met from uh, school, mostly because my sister was friends with his uh, older sister. Mm -hmm. So we met whenever we went over one time to like hang out with them. We got along pretty well. So he invited me to go out to Gilbert to hang out with some friends that he had, I think from church. 
And at one point in the night, they played this game. They played a lot of Halo and other stuff that I didn't like. But they played this other game that I found kind of scary, which was uh, everyone got into this room. They turned off the lights and everyone just beat each other up. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced during like a sleepover. And I, I just left the room while they did that. <laughs> Wait, how many people was it? It was like four or five guys. Mm. Yeah, that was just a thing they did. They just turned out the lights and just everyone like punched and kicked at each other. It's kind of like a mosh pit at a concert, but with no music, it's it's real bizarre. <laughs> I sort of get it. Oh, I could totally see that being a big thing all over rural South Carolina as like a <laughs> thing that like uh, people do, but... It feels like a story from Lexington. <laughs> I was not into it. I've never heard you tell that story before, but it resonates with me as like a weird thing that would have happened to me as a child. Definitely true. It's also the same household that I've told this story before where... Uh, they had those letters on the fridge that you could rearrange, and I put hemp as one of the words, and the mom got mad at me the next morning. because Wait, but she's word. raising kids who play punchy darky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. That is a scary game, though. I totally get your point. I see why that memory. No, yeah, I just literally left and, like, sat outside the room while they did that. I was like, this, I, I'm not, this is not my type of game. You guys like chess? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, How about, how about being like a, how about, like, you know. Duels to the death. Like, what are we talking Talk like? about? Shadow Realm games? <laughs> Shadow Realm is a scary game. <laughs> You're going to lose your soul. That's not even a duel to the death. That's a duel for your soul. Well, you You're going what's... to hell forever. If well, you lose. see, that's the thing, though, is like we were so watered down for stuff like that as American kids because in the original Japanese, it's not the Shadow Realm. It's just hell. You just go to hell. <laughs> but in like for American audiences, they had to be like, nah, they, we can't do that to these kids. They're fucking soft ass marshmallows. Yeah. How much traumatized are Japanese children? <laughs> I mean, from seeing what's his name not kaiba but the other one smoke a cigarette you know instead Ooh. of eat a lollipop which character is that um they made that about the guy from the first season the main villain with the like hair oh pegasus out. yeah pegasus there's also the times in the early season where uh instead of having a gun in their hand it's just people doing finger guns at kaiba. <laughs> it's like hey get out of here <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, he... God, we were such, why, why, why did censors think that we were such pussies in this country? <laughs> I think it wasn't so much that as much as they knew parents wouldn't let parents you watch moralizing, it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe even laws about what could be shown on children's media without like mm. being considered a certain rating and not being allowed to be shown with like kids. Uh, that makes sense. Content. Yeah. So any like really scary games you played as a kid or anything? Like, um. You know how in the summers, if you paid for them, you could get those like educational games that uh, <laughs> yeah, any of those really scary? I never, I never bought one. I know my parents never bought me one. Um, I think I only ever got one. I think one year I was like, in the game where like the waterfall is coming down and it has numbers coming down, and you have to make them match to whatever number you're supposed to add up to. <laughs> that was such a product of its time. Are they still doing stuff like that? I'm sure there are probably companies in Silicon Valley that are doing like you know up-to-date modern there's no way they're selling them the same sort of way because it feels like it would be free now or something or there would be like a different sort of like it's like a freemium profit model yeah Yeah. something where it's like i don't know i don't know how they would make money off of it but it seems like nobody's paying like 30 or 40 dollars for that disc like a subscription service or something yeah Uh, the netflix of educational games Mm -hmm. should we talk about actual real games that we found scary at any point hmm I've never played like any kind of like Resident Evil or any like PC games that you do that are supposed to be scary. Super Eyepatch Wolf has a really good video about the uh, indie horror game Devotion that seems really good, but I haven't gotten to play that. Um, yeah, there's uh, what was I mean the Slender Man one was the first one I remember going super viral. Mm. Um, there was also 
there was one amnesia at one point was mm-hmm. like the big like held up as the big you know this is the scariest game ever made i'm sure yeah, it's yeah. been usurped by so many things mm-hmm. since 2010 or whenever that game came out i mean i think for me one thing that i've always wanted to do but i haven't had the opportunity to do is take an edible and then on the oculus just like play a horror game <laughs> Well, that VR. sounds like something for you as a person who really likes horror content. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds fucking fire, doesn't it? That doesn't sound like a thing for me. Um, oh, you're just going to play Beat Saber? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like that you can do any song on there, but for some reason we both imagined it as a song. A little chiptune song. Is that the Mario thing? Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do
So I really love the first Bioshock game, but it's not particularly scary. Some of the settings are mm. horror-inspired. Like, there's, like, a doctor doing evil experiments on people to mm. turn them into, like, mutants and shit. Like, it's got, like, a horror veneer, but it's not, like, a horror game. Mm-hmm. Um, if that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I would say the same for uh, for Dead Space. It's more spooky. Yeah, it's more like it's got, like, horror aesthetics, but it's not... And there's jump scares because the monsters often come out of vents in that game. Yeah. It's another one of the games he mentioned, but it's not a horror game in that sort of sense. Oh, wait, in our jokey part, you never mentioned the Game of Life being the scariest game. The Game of Life is the scariest game. Uh, I'm just waiting for him to say Super Monkey Ball 2. For the past couple of years, I've also recommended Lone Survivor. It's more weird than scary, though it can be scary. But what makes it stand out to me is the ending, which I won't spoil. It's one of the most satisfying endings I've ever seen in a horror game, of course. And then he goes on to mention that there are tons of horror games he hasn't played. And to look to the comments for suggestions. And then he says, please, just don't say slender. All right, Adrian, you got a third segment for us? All right, a little third seggy. Not as well constructed as our third segment from our first Halloween one, but I threw a little something together while I was getting some coffee. We got- wait, wait, was that when you were getting that coffee while I was being broken up with? <laughs> nope, different coffee. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what I have is four stories uh, from one of my favorite subreddits, Let's Not Meet, which is not a subreddit for everybody, but... It's for anorexics, let's not eat. <laughs> exactly, let's not eat meat. It's actually for vegans. <laughs> um, so the premise of it is that it's... Uh, horror stories on Reddit, but very much based in reality. And the as much as you can believe any story on the internet, it's meant to be stories that are very much true. Mm-hmm. So, in so that is sense, it personal stories, or is it like digging up like murder stories? No. From so the whole idea of let's not meet is uh, so like one of the longer stories. It's one of the most upvoted ones. Um, for example, is about a dad taking his child to Walmart or something. A crazy woman taking his child and claiming that he was the one who stole the child from her. Mm. So people were actually stopping him from getting to her while she was leaving with his child. And the whole thing is like, lady who like stole my child, let's not meet. And that's, let's not meet again. And that's okay. kind of where the um, the title of the subreddit comes from. So it's like that. It's like, you know, stalker or whatever, let's not meet. And I will say, I did read a post while I was looking through stories that very much captured a certain part of the subreddit, which is that a lot of it is devolved into just to a lot of horror stories about what it's like to be a woman in society so (laughs) i tried to not put all of those because there's just a lot of those but uh a lot of like i got on the bus and somebody got off right behind me after it's a lot of that and some of them are uh obviously not like dismissing the the validity of any of them or whatever but it really does stem to like a guy was looking at me weird and i felt unsafe and then i went home all the way to like someone broke into my house who was stalking me for four months so yeah the whole the whole gamut and we're going to start with one that's a little bit like that. So if you're ready for What this if one. it is like somebody you've actually known very well? It has to be strangers as part of the theme of the subreddit? Or could it be like my brother who I no longer like am in contact with? Let's that not would meet be, again. Yeah, that would be like, yeah, let's not meet again. Okay. Yeah. So here's our first one. And at the end of it, we'll do a, we'll do a little, uh, Paul, if you want to do like a rating at the end of each one. 
Okay, so rating, I'm not guessing the end or anything. We're not gamifying this. No, because there's no real way to gamify it. Like, it's it's really just reality-based. Like, the horror comes from if you really, like, can see this happening or something mm. like that. So you can give your rating. You could rate it based on writing ability or based on story or based on... Uh, How did you pick them? Based on what you thought was the scariest, what you thought was the most interesting? What was the most interesting? I think what I described earlier about how there's, like, a whole gamut of, like, a guy looked at me on the bus and I felt weird. Uh, I was like, eh, I don't know if we need to bring one of those in, but... Mm-hmm. Someone that's a little bit more creepy. This is from user Sapphic, spelled with a one. I've been running in these woods for as long as I can remember, but this might make me change my mind. The story began at around 6.30 p.m. I had finished eating and decided to go on a run as usual. I always use the same path, cross the street, run for about a kilometer, and pass the gate that goes into the woods. Something important to note is that the trail I use is in the forest and is separated about halfway through. One path is paved, and the other isn't. I usually go into the unpaved path first, and then turn into the paved one after about three kilometers. Nothing ever really goes wrong. I meet some rare people walking their dogs, but other than that, I'm pretty alone. At least, I thought I was. I had been running for a while now, when I heard a notification coming from my phone. An airdrop notification. Since I didn't want to make it look like I was worried, I kept running for a couple minutes and then stopped to change the music. I opened the airdrop dreadfully. Who the hell was sending me stuff? I was pretty sure I was alone. I clicked the drop and my heart sunk. It was a Snapchat picture of me running with the caption, You look good. I didn't turn around. Instead, I kept running like nothing happened until I reached a certain point. You see, the forest is surrounded by a fence to stop children from coming in unsupervised, and I didn't like that rule when I was little, so my friends and I cut a hole in it. When I was aligned with that hole, I quickly turned and buried myself into the forest, aiming for my escape. I could hear ruffling behind me, and I still didn't turn back. When I finally reached the hole, I jumped through it, and absolutely booked it to the fire station that was a couple streets down. The last thing I could hear when leaving the forest was an angry huff, and metal meeting metal. I still don't know who it was or what they wanted from me, but I never ran in this forest again. So creepy stalker guy, or whatever you are, I truly hope we never meet again. Yeah, that seems like a uh, good place to never run again. Yeah. Stop running. Stop doing exercise. I've always wondered that about... So, when I've, I don't know how to do it, but when somebody airdrops something to me, I'm like, could they do this because we're contacts, or can anybody do this to my phone? How? I think if you share the same Wi-Fi network, maybe, but that doesn't make sense in the middle of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've had people airdrop stuff to me in the woods before, like camping. Oh, yeah. And so I guess you can do it in the woods. close enough. That's like but how they, they were DSs contacts work. on my phone, so I'm like, is that why I allowed them to do it? Yeah, Apple yeah. should fix that. I don't feel like you should be able to airdrop the strangers. Yeah, that's true. And certainly Chance's wife shouldn't be allowed to airdrop him some nudes. Feels like something you can text. <laughs> <laughs> that one just seems prone to mistakes. Uh, yeah, so yeah, that goes on to the kind of, that's kind of like what I was talking about, how a lot of these are kind of like that a little bit. Um, no, I mean, it feels real. Like, I, I don't think Apple has any sort of limitations on airdropping. You, I, you know, the only part of it that feels unbelievable is do murderers have iPhones? I feel like they're Android guys. Definitely, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably, they're, murderers usually have strong opinions about how many clicks you have to do on an iPhone to get to the apps. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was You Look Good. Here's the next one. Uh, this gets more into some, a little bit of a psychological horror. This one is from You slash Lord Marvelous Handbag. Nurse said it was my own fault. 
This happened to me when I was 21 after an OD suicide attempt. A trigger warning for people. Yeah. This happened to me when I was 21 after an OD suicide attempt. I woke up in the hospital in the middle of the night to a nurse saying he needed to replace my IV. He jabs me two or three times, but doesn't hit a vein. So I ask if he could get someone else to try. He says no and keeps going. As he is doing this, he is pushing and wiggling the needle around under my skin, saying he is trying to get the vein. By the seventh or eighth needle, it registers to me that he is intentionally trying to hurt me. I ask him, why are you doing this? And he just says, it's your own fault that you're here. I was too weak to fight back, and it was the middle of the night. There was no one else that I could call out to. I have no idea how many times he ended up puncturing me in the end. The next day, a different nurse was taking out my IV. She was horrified because she said it was the biggest needle she'd ever seen used on a living, not sure why you would use needles on a dead patient, but on a living patient. A lot of people shrug this off when I tell them about it, but it was so terrifying being alone. Wait, who's shrugging off that the most dramatic <laughs> shit you've ever heard? People are like, hey, that's a Wednesday. <laughs> that's why I don't go during the night shift. <laughs> a lot of people shrug this off when I tell them about it, but it was so terrifying being alone, helpless, and knowing that the person who was supposed to care for me hated me and wanted to cause me pain. So yeah. Night nurse who loves huge needles and hates mentally ill girls. Let's not meet again. That feels oddly realistic. That one's real scary to me. I don't know. That feels, yeah. uh, that situation, that, uh, the actual admittance, like the fact that he just straight up said what the, the thing was, like. In a very Jordan Peele way about, like, horror of, like, marginalized people being, like, particularly, yeah. uh, scary, being a drug addict. It feels like, yeah, he could do whatever he wants to you. Nobody's going to believe you. You're in the hospital for ODing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, sort of like the element that really, like, it's like, oh, fuck. It's a situation where you're completely helpless and society would never believe you. You know what's... Actually, I was going to talk to you about that in the beginning because I know you've said something about having hard opinions about true crime. And uh, I think one thing that's maybe useful about this subreddit is it is a very good... You very quickly get a sense of, like the street smarts you need to have <laughs> as a young woman in society. Um, it does seem to teach you that if you're really into hmm. this subreddit of like, trust your gut when you're in, in walking alone in a big city or yeah. something like, and uh, the thing that you're talking about is a really big message on the last podcast on the left about how many serial killers get away with stuff just because they choose the most marginalized people in society, sex yeah. workers, people of color, you can kill hundreds of people before anyone cares to look for you. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. There was a, that was that book, uh, Rachel recommended on her episode was kind of the theme of the book, the Southern uh, Book Club's Guide to Vampire Slaying. Mm. All right. Are you ready for some of things that happened to our boys? D did you want to give your uh, rating yet for those two? Oh, they were really good. I thought they were both very affecting. Okay. Here we go. Feel free to tip the narrator. So there's actually three more, and I'm going to need to pick two of them. I know one I want to do for sure. The other one... Do you want more physical horror or do you want more psychological horror? Do you have anything about a breakup? <laughs> no, unfortunately nothing about a breakup. There are plenty of like crazy ex stories on this one for sure, but I didn't pick any of those. I thought it'd be too uh, triggering for you. So I just well, picked that a suicide was a mistake. <laughs> you know, I feel like y'all have stronger opinions about this one. I'll quickly summarize the other one, which was uh, a guy in Cologne, Germany, who was at a Renaissance fair. He was dressed as a knight. He put a bunch of stuff in his bag, but he couldn't fit all of it in there. So he kept wearing his tunic and his regular pants as well as his chainmail. 
And at one point he gets robbed and he gets stabbed by a dude while he's uh, getting robbed and his chainmail saved his life because he was wearing it while getting robbed while a dude was trying to steal his LARPing bag. Damn, what a lesson. Yeah. That's what, see, street smarts, wear chainmail around, <laughs> around Cologne, Germany. Product idea, Paul and Adrian, chainmail for women. <laughs> Chain female. <laughs> hmm. All right, this one's just kind of a bizarre one. This is from you, not made of corn. Mm-hmm. Homeless or not, let's not meet. Paul, anything on to- off top about how this should be houseless or not and how we should cancel this person? Oh, I didn't know. Is that a thing? Yeah, you don't because, say homeless, you say because yeah, unhoused. Because or... a home is where your heart is and their heart is on the street. Well, a home is wherever all Garden is. <laughs> no, that's where your family is. Oh, that's right. And what's a home besides where your family is? Where your heart is. Mm. And if your heart's with your family, then it's all Garden. You know what's funny is I actually really believe in like the kind of like trying to humanize language around unhoused people, but like you ever find it funny how like Christian people were so on top of that or in early days of like, I think we made fun of before about the uh, Christianity isn't a religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then the other thing that people will say is that like the church isn't the building. The church is the congregation and like the family yeah. you have there. It's like, God, they're always the best at getting real corny quick. I just came across this subreddit and I knew I needed to share this story. This happened a few years ago. And since then, it made me look at people very differently. I used to work in a strip mall out in a fair- fairly rural area. Most people are recognizable even if you don't know them personally. People from out of the area frequently stop on their way through to other towns, so it's not like there are never out-of-towners, just that they might be easy to spot. Like many places, we have a few homeless folks that hang around the shopping center, and they occasionally ask people for change or food. It can be a nuisance, but the folks that worked at the shops kind of kept an eye on them for look- to help them out and keep track of how they were doing. There's this one guy, let's call him Shane that over the course of years has slowly gotten worse and worse, has slowly gotten, who has slowly gotten in worse and worse shape. He would be filthy and was clearly not doing well mentally and was usually intoxicated. He always had several layers of clothing, and the pants that he wore on the outside of his other pants always sagged, making it hard for him to walk. He'd go missing for days and then show up again. We'd wonder what happened to Shane and ask around a bit. A few days later, he'd appear again. He was always so dirty. I always wished there was a way we could get him some help. But I really don't know what to do. There is a little bit of a twist to this one. Do you want to guess? Was he, is it going to turn out that he's actually living a pretty normal life in the moments he's gone? Mm. And he's choosing he's got, to be He's homeless? got two families? Yeah. like He's, <laughs> he's actually undercover boss. Yeah. <laughs> like in the moments when he's not homeless, he's just like, he's, he's Hannah Montana or something. Okay. Like he's pop that. star Hannah Montana. One day I was out in a major city that is about 80 or so miles away from where I work. I happened to see a well-dressed, very well-groomed gentleman that looked exactly like Shane, but at that moment I figured my eyes were deceiving me. Wait, I was right? This guy has an expensive-looking shoulder bag, a new iPhone, and an Apple Watch. We were both in line in a popular food truck, and it was usually a long wait to order and get your food. Most people just mind their business and scroll on their phones while waiting. This guy, on the other hand, is staring daggers at me. I keep avoiding looking that way, but I keep glancing to see if he's still there, and at the same time I want to look at him because I'm so curious about how much he looks like Shane. I glance his way, and I have to stumble back because he's practically right up against me. He has such intense eyes. He sort of whispers to me, but really intensely, and tells me he knows where I'm from and what shop I work at. He gets closer, and I can tell he smells good. I could even smell the mint on his breath. I ask how he knows, and he just smiles. I ask again, and he smiles brighter. 
exposing a perfectly clean set of teeth, minus one tooth. I'm almost positive Shane is missing that tooth. I edge away, feeling more than a little uncomfortable. He gets his order, but when they say his name, it's James. The next days, I don't see Shane anywhere around the shopping center, and I ask around and no one had seen him for a few days. Someone said they hope he's okay. Another person shrugs and says they wish they could do something to help him. The next day, here he is, filthy as ever, grimy teeth, dirty fingernails, and wearing all his layers. He sits on the curb outside of my shop and asks people for change. I decide to venture out and confront him. I'm 100% sure it's him, but I don't understand how he could get so filthy and smelly in such a short time. I ask him if he was in the city, and he looks at me through bloodshot eyes and mumbles that he'd kill me if I ever tell anyone. This takes me aback and I look puzzled. He slurs again that he will kill me if I tell anyone that he's not actually homeless. He starts to get worked up and I end up calling the police because I didn't know what to do at that point and what he was capable of. He wandered off and I haven't seen him since. So to Shane. Let's not meet. Damn. Shout out to me. Um, Good with the guesses. I, my second guess was Shane's heart recently broken. <laughs> Uh, that one just seems endlessly plausible to me. Yeah, uh, I guess, like, you know, there's, like, what do you call it? There's, like, obsessives with everything, right? There's, like, train mm-hmm. obsessives. There's uh, people who get obsessed with, like, collecting, like, antique instruments. There's people who get obsessed with the memorabilia from, you know, like, a Jerry store. Jerry Yeah, <laughs> with Jerry Maguire memorabilia. There's people who get obsessed with, like, old closed-down theme parks and learning everything mm-hmm. about them. And That's a good YouTube channel. Yeah. Defunct land. So I could see somebody who just got obsessed with like homelessness and the homeless epidemic and got so mm. obsessed with it that they were like, my hobby is going to be to kind of live out what it feels like some days. Interesting. I always thought it was one of those things where you get like viral videos of people panhandling mm. and someone will like on their phone follow them back to like their BMW to be like confronting them or whatever. And then the person. Wait, you think he was making such good money panhandling? I think that might have been what it was that he was just making pretty good money doing that and was like, that's easier than doing whatever weird and that was making enough money to do a suit job like right that is complicated i guess it makes more sense that it's maybe just a weird like hobby thing yeah i think he might just enjoy being homeless as like some sort of weird thing he does all right ready for the last one one more slightly longer story the last two stories have been medium length so that's why that last one was a little bit longer this is from raul 9753 here we go this happened a few years ago in my old one-person flat, I had a strange feeling that someone w- that something wasn't right for a few days. Like I was sure that food in the fridge was less than I put back the last time. I found pillows from my couch on the floor and stuff like that. I lived alone back then, so there wasn't anyone with access to my flat. Or so I thought. Well, one night I woke up around one in the morning, sweating, and even though I didn't remember, was sure that I probably woke up from a nightmare. Since I was drenched in sweat, I decided to take a shower. So I put my phone up in the bathroom for music, turned on the water, and enjoyed my shower. A few minutes in, I heard the door move. I never closed it, but it still never moves. I took a look at the shower curtain and saw a shadow against it, and a look at my phone confirmed that someone was there, since I could clearly see a reflection in my screen that showed someone standing next to the shower curtain. It took me a lot not to scream and to keep acting like I didn't notice anything. While silently taking the shower head off the holding and turning the water all the way to hot, I am still kind of impressed of that quick thinking. Our water got really hot when you cranked it all the way, and the water hurt my feet flowing down the drain. 
I turned around. I ripped the shower curtain open and held the shower head right at the person behind it. It was a woman. She screamed in pain. I whacked her in the face with the shower head and jumped out of the shower and ran to the door, taking the key out of the lock and locking it closed behind me. A little later, she started to bang on the door, but the door didn't give, thank God, for German quality work. I called the cops and went to the kitchen to get my big kitchen knife, just for safety. I felt like my throat was closing up when I saw that it was missing and realized there was only one place it could have possibly be right now. The police came and arrested the woman, who turned out to have been the former person living in the flat and was evicted after not paying rent. Seems like she made a copy of the key and came into the flat when I was at work and sometimes at night. It's possible that what woke me up in the first place was her, and honestly, I don't even know what to think about that. Ever since then, I always insist that the locks are changed when I move into a new place. All right, two things. Why was that sponsored by a German door company? Exactly. <laughs> uh, second point. Uh, Adrian, did you pick this one because you've had a similar horror story where somebody was hiding in your shower? Is that why it affected you so much mentally? Has that happened to me? Yeah, with the stalker. Oh, shit. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Um, well, no, because they were hiding in the shower. I'm not Okay, with a bit of a switcheroo. But it yeah, because still... I wasn't naked. That, that's, a, that's a big part of it, is being mm. naked and wet when someone's like seeing you from the other side of the shower. That's really vulnerable. Um, so no, that's, maybe, maybe that's why I gra- gravitated it psychologically, but that's not, that wasn't explicit. Mm. Uh, yeah, any thoughts on that one, Paul? Besides the, uh, German engineer? <laughs> Thank God for German engineering. Bye, Husterdorf. <laughs> what I like about it is that there's a much more famous urban legend. I think it's Japanese about someone who was, li- like, had someone living in their cabinets or whatever for an extended period of time. Yeah, but that's year. not an urban legend. That's a real thing that happened in China. In China? Okay, that was Japanese. Yeah, that was a real news story from China. Somebody Damn, lived dude. in somebody's cupboard. That's insane. And they didn't know until they were like, food's going missing, and they put like a camera in there. That's the thing about it, is someone gets sloppy. You know, yeah. if you're going to live in someone's cupboard, you got to be disciplined. Well, I mean, the whole point, I think, was because he was homeless and just was like, oh, I can eat their food and live in their cupboard, and that's my life. But they were presumably doing that the whole time, right? So it's when you start doing it yeah, to an extent that they can tell, yeah. Yeah. It's when you start eating both of the Hot Pockets in the pack, and they're like, I definitely didn't eat both Hot Pockets. <laughs> you think for a while, the guy was like, God damn, I just like, I'm always snacking at night and I forget. What? You, it really, maybe it was Japan, because I feel like you really have to be overworked to not open up. I was going to say, if you're going to do that, do that in an alcoholic's place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. All right, cool. Paul, those are the stories from Let's Not Meet. Any other thoughts before we close this out? No, let's close it out. All right. Big scoops. Big spooks, not big scoops. <laughs> That's for our serial episode. Okay, big spooks. Big spooks, no bats. Which big spooks, no bats. Okay. Big spook. Um, ladies, hit me up. Bigfactsnocappod at gmail.com. I'm single. And my no bats, if you're a baddie, don't hit up Paul. But if you're a hottie and you're a baddie, hit up Paul. Uh, 803 I don't know the rest of your number <laughs> off the top of my head. Um, right. Big facts, no cat pod at gmail.com. Big facts, no cat pod at gmail.com. And hinge if you set your radius to Charlotte, North Carolina. And hinge if you set your radius to Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. In the night, in the dark,